You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that indicates for the A-List Online, and my name, that means it's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Of course you knew that if you're a long-time listener, and if you're new, welcome, because I've got a hell of an interview subject coming up for you. It's Michael Stutzer from the Danish thrash metal icons, Artillery. Now, the reason for the chat is to talk up their 2020 Australian tour. I can't believe I'm saying that. How many times have you heard me say that? I can't believe that a legendary thrash band, or any band, really, death metal, black metal, whatever it might be, I've been following these genres for so long, and all of these bands, I think we've had every single one of them of note tour Australia in the last 10 years. And Artillery to Tour is just a cherry on the cake. So here we go, here are the dates. Tuesday, February 4th, they're playing the Gold Coast, where I'm from, at Vinnie's Dive. I can't believe that, but I can't get to that show, because I've got uni that day, and... The next day and it'll be too hard for me to go so that means i'm going to be going to brisbane which is in the next day wednesday february 5th at crowbar that's fine crowbar is a pretty good venue i suppose thursday february 6th they're at canberra in the basement friday february 7th they're playing at stay gold in melbourne saturday february 8th i suppose it's a festival appearance at churches of steel nine there you go, in Adelaide. And finally, Sydney. Where else? But, oh, there's Crowbar in Sydney too. But Frankie's Pizza seems to be getting all of the big ones lately, or the good ones, on the 9th, which is a Sunday. So without further delay, here he is, Michael from the band Artillery. Hello, it's Michael. Here he is, the one and only. How are you? I'm fine. How about you? <laughs> I'm good. And, and I must say from the outset, I've got to compliment you on your T-shirt here and your avatar for Skype. Rainbow Rising, nice. Yeah, that's an awesome album. <laughs> it's a fantastic album. Yeah, I, I probably my favourite aspect of that album is Cozy yeah. Powell's drums. That's where I really yeah. fell in love with his drumming. I just think he's the most marvelous drummer. Yeah, it was very unique. I also have a lot of solo album from him, and and of course he's working in in the Black Sabbath also, and hmm. and. And many of those bands he's been with Jeff Beck, and he's really been a lot of MSG. He's played a lot of bands, so yeah, cool drummer. Yeah, yeah, I think he's the one guy that every band he was ever in was better for him being in it. You know, White Snake. you know, you talk about, <laughs> you know, Rainbow, Black Sabbath. Even the work that he did with Brian May and Queen was extraordinary. It's just you can tell it's him every time he drums. Yeah. He had that feeling, you know, that really awesome way to play. Yeah, so, I think yeah. I think he was better um, than Bonham. You know that? I, I'm a controversial statement here, but I think he was better than Bonham. And when Led Zeppelin were thinking about potentially continuing with him in the band, and mm. I understand that's the case, I reckon they could potentially become a more dynamic band, even though they'd already released a classic and legendary catalogue of work. But that's my view. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, I also love John Bonham, but, it, but I know what you mean, yeah. so yeah. yeah cool. Mate, we're here to talk about <laughs> artillery though, and let me tell you, Michael, yeah. you have been at it, as you well know, since Fear of Tomorrow, which was released in 1985, yeah. and mate, yeah. nine albums later, nine studio albums later, and there's a few other releases scattered around, but the main thing is you've achieved nine studio albums. Now, alongside of Overkill, and I had to check this, and I think I'm right, but you're the single thrash band that never veered into unfamiliar territory. And you know what? Fans love you for that because you stayed true to the thrash cause or the heavy metal cause, really, you know, and you clearly love what you do. 
But mate, yeah. my first question for you ultimately is, all that said, how did you resist the temptation to veer into new metal, etc., when so many others went down that path back in the 90s and two, early 2000s? <clears throat> no, not really, because uh, as you said, we love to play, but we also love to play what we what we want to hear, you know. So as you said, there's a lot of of, uh, of the old 70s stuff in our music, but also a lot of fresh things like old Metallica, Exodus and stuff like that. Mm. That's the way we want to combine the things, and, and, and we really love to play that kind of style. It's a, it's a style we've all in the band listened to also, you know. So it's not just like we, we, we're hitting to a, a, a one way to play, and uh, we never considered to, to to go, you know, like new metal or grunge or or whatever. We really want to play this kind of music. Mm. And as you said, we have some very true fans that we really love that we, we don't, you know, sell out and, and do some other stuff, you know. Mm. So, yeah, it's very honest, very honest, I think. It is very honest music. I can feel it. You're a bit like ACDC in that every time I hear the opening strands of a chord, opening strands of a song, so the chords or your guitar playing specifically, you're one of those guys, you know, I'll veer off into another tangent, but let me go here. You're one of those guys who's such a good guitarist and you're so original with what you do, mate, but you've never actually been recognised for it. And it shits me because there are guitar worlds out there that have like, I don't even actually. I shouldn't even say that I know what's in the magazine these days, or on the website version of whatever the magazines are these days. But I can place money that they've got whoever played session guitar for Imagine Dragons and all these other bands. But mate, you've been mm. doing this for so long, and you've inspired people, no doubt, to pick up the guitar. So have you ever been asked to appear in some of those guitar-themed magazines or online publications? <coughs> yeah, there's there's been some some few, but it's not. You know, like uh, the big uh, guitar players magazine, but, mm. but we also always, uh, you know, take artillery for uh, not 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 only for the guitars or only for the drums or for the things. The, the things I, I'm most glad for when people come to me to say, "That's a good track you're doing, you're done," you know, yeah. "That's a good song." I think that's the most important for me. Of course, we want to be be good as possible on guitar, on drums, and 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 stuff. And I think we 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 have a good unit. Now really good working together, uh, but the most important for me is people come to say this new song in the face of fear, for example. That's really a good song. Hmm. That, that's really something who who makes my heart go, you know. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. And look, aside from back in 1999, and I remember this. I actually remember when BACK or Back was released, and I remember reading about mm. it. Metal Maniacs. God, I miss that miss that magazine. And there's really a 20-year gap between By Inheritance, which was released in 90, and When Death Comes, which came along in 2009. So what, did, yeah. you obviously had a job and raised a family in between. Was that the case? Yes, yeah, so we really wanted to, to, to be, as, as I said, in, in the, combining the style, you know. But, but we, at that time, uh, when we did uh, the back album, it was, was more like a, a project, you know. It sure. was not really a band effort at that time because Flaming Runster was uh, was really not keen on going out to play on on a tour, tours and stuff like that. So he he really couldn't only wanted to be on the album, you know. So it was very difficult for us to to, to go further on. And at that time in Denmark, it was really difficult to get singers yeah. who had a melodic melodic way to sing. So so that's why there was a gap between that, I think. But I think when we when we returned when when Dead comes with the new singer Sir Adams, we was really, you know, key mm. to to prove that artillery are still going on, you know. 
Well, I think you've released more albums since Death Comes, When Death Comes, than prior. You know that. So you're really yeah. a band. I mean, that's the thing that I think people forget, that yourselves, Sodom, Destruction, you know, those German bands, Creator, even, I'd say even them, you know, like, you guys have released probably your best work in from since 2010, if you don't mind me saying. And I know there's a lot of nostalgia associated with heavy metal and thrash metal, but, mate, when I'm mm. listening to your most recent efforts, man, it's all there, man. You can't ask for any more than that. And I guess my question for you, therefore, is do you feel the same way about your catalogue? Yes. I'm, <clears throat> I'm the kind of guy, I, lo I love both the old stuff and the new stuff. But but what I like really like uh, on the new stuff is li like we have, have you know of course we've been better mu musicians and and uh, we also are more you know very various if you can say that hmm. we we have always a, a ballad song for example we also have that on Dan Harris that's true but we we try to to keep it m more vari variated you know also, also of course we have a singer now who really can can do a lot of stuff you know hmm. so you uh, can. Combinate the, the things so the songs are getting maybe even stronger, you know. But of course, people still also want to hear songs like Comaniac and Terrorsport, for example. So that we still keep them in, in our set, you know, and also love to play them still. But I, I think you had right in the when the music is getting newer, we, we are getting getting better to, to, to make the songs, I think. Yeah, well, I, I sense a maturity in your writing, and I know that's a cliche to say that bloody M word, you know, maturity, but I think it's there, and, yeah. I mean, it's been very consistent since then, so I've got a podcast series, if it's okay with your releases as part of my podcast series, but for the listener, of you know, When Death Comes, My Blood in 2011, Legions from 2013, Penalty by Perception, that is awesome, that's that album title, yeah. 2016, and then The Face of Fear, uh, I shouldn't say last year, I was going to say last year, but two years ago, 2018, because this is 2020, of course. Um, these are incredibly strong balls to the wall, no bullshit thrash metal extravaganzas with, to <laughs> your point, melodic singing, man. So w would you say that, and I hope this isn't too obvious a question, would, would you say that at this point in time you've got a bit of an artillery formula down pat? Because as I say, it's all there, man. It's very consistent. Mm. Yeah, maybe, but it's not like we sit down and say we have to make a song like this. We have to make a song like this. It's mm. all coming, you know, <clears throat> like I come with some riffs or uh, the other, some of the other guys come with some riffs, and and, and we set us down and said, oh, that that's that's sound cool. Let's try it out. And um, we we still, you know, throw a lot of stuff away, not using it because we said this is not good enough to work here. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, yeah, maybe a, a kind of formula we we have, but it's it's not like we. we and we sit down and say we had to do it like this, you know. Mm. But maybe inside your, your your brain, you you have it, you know, without thinking about it. I'm hearing you. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, this next question is about Australia because the reason for the conversation is that you are actually coming to Australia. And again, I don't know how many times I've said this on the podcast, but I'm so grateful that you are. Meaning that I'm a fan. And I think a lot of fans are too. We never thought we'd see you here or even back here. You might have been here before, but I, I mm. couldn't couldn't see online that you'd been here before. But, but mate, you, you're coming here and you're playing a, a, a very solid shows that are, I know are being very well received. So how do you choose a set list for, for Australian fans and those that are really yet to get what artillery do? <laughs> yeah, we really combinate both the, the old songs and the new songs because we always... Uh, do that because 
some places people want to both hear the old songs, some places people want to hear most of the new songs. Mm. But we always combinated, you know, because as I said, we have some some very old, like a bit of classic songs, like uh, so, for example, Travelscope by Inheritance Comania. So, as mm. people really want to hear, uh, and the Almighty, for example, for the first album, yeah. the, the, those songs we try to keep it and set all the time. And we, we we try to always to combine and and for example on the Australian tour, I think we will have two two songs to to switch out on every show, you know. So we have two new new songs on each shows to to make it uh, have some many songs because it's always difficult to make songs for for when you out of play how many songs should you have because we won't have twenty songs, you know, but we can't play show on twenty songs, you know. Yeah. So we try to do that that way. And we always keep the, for example, the, the title track for the new album. We have have the, the, the "Living by the Sky" for the for the for the penalty album and stuff like that. We always try to keep those songs also. Cool, mate. Well, fans will appreciate it. I can tell you that because you know Australian fans, mate. We we've lived sort of in the shadow of Europe and the US for for most of rock music's history. Let's face it. So when we get bands mm. like yourself and Creator, Destruction, Sodom, Touring Man. Deep cuts are cool because you got fans here. You know what I mean? You got fans yeah. that know the records, have your back patch on their denim jacket. Man, I've seen them. I'm, you know, I'm a dad these days, so I sort of can't dress up like that anymore too successfully. But, <laughs> but a lot of yeah. a lot of these kids, man, and, and young adults, mate, they 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 love your music, man, and they're just going to be so appreciative of the fact that you've got you're representing both eras. Because as I said earlier, man, it is about both eras with you guys. You, they're very strong. Yeah, and, and it's cool today because uh, many of our shows that has come in, you know, the old guy who just grew up in the old songs came with their, with their sons, for example, and that's really cool to see the two new generations come to listen to the same same band. Absolutely. That's really cool. Mm. Uh, hey, hey, what's what's your opinion been of Australia in terms of Australian fans over the years? Have you, have you got a lot of mail from us and a lot of uh, social media contact? Yeah, we have some really hardcore fans from Australia and it's very good to let them know now that we are coming because that's for, for me personally it's, it's a really great to go to Australia because I always always have wanted to go to Australia because we have been playing so much all over the world but never in in Australia so, so yeah. I'm really looking forward to that and, and to please those fans who have been written to me for so many years and said when do you come and I always say to them, I really try, but we haven't got the, the offer right now. <laughs> but but I'm I'm really looking forward to to Australia because we we been playing South America, we've been playing the United States, yeah, noticed, played yeah. China, we played Japan, Russia, you know. So so we really miss Australia on that list. So I'm really looking forward to that. And also I think Australia is is a very good good country. I know it's burning a lot at the moment, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. always I'm, when I look at Australia, it it's, it's looks like a really good country. So I'm really looking forward to see that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, You're right on both accounts there. We'd love to have you here and the bloody place is on fire at the moment. Or it's, the media is, I noticed that the media is beating it up a lot um, and they're uh, saying that, particularly the left-wing media, CNN, is saying that parts of Australia are burning. Like my part, we aren't. The Gold Coast, we aren't on fire, I can assure everybody. It's hot, but it's summer in Australia. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, just to get back to the music, mate. Yeah, definitely, mate. You've got, you got a lot of fans here. and So let me ask you this question then. You are revered, and this is a really important point because I've noticed the people on my Facebook feed that have been sharing the advertisements and the fact that you are coming to Australia, and this is how I found out about it, are predominantly musicians. 
it's interesting because like King's X, Mr. Big, I think Artillery are a musician band. You know that? You know what mm-hmm. I mean by that? Like musicians yeah. like certain dream theatre. You know, musicians tend to sort of go for certain bands. And, and I think Artillery might be the thrash band of choice there. But my question for you is, what's your opinion of the state of heavy metal in 2020? Yeah, I know what you mean, because uh, a lot of musicians always uh, support artillery. Uh, for example, Gene Hoagland, for example, wrote me that artillery nice. was fucking great. And, and I have have a lot of that in the early days. Metallica supported the band a lot. So I know what you mean, but, musicians, yeah. but I also really want to get out to the to the fans, you know, and the, and, and the real missile freaks also. So, and I think the, the state for artillery in 2020 is still, is still growing, because we're still going a lot out to play we i think we play about around 80 to 100 concerts uh, a year so we mm. play a really lot of shows so i think the it's time has never been better for artillery to play uh, is it now because in in the in the 80s we had really difficult to get out to play you know we uh, we didn't play so many shows so uh, if you compare that with the old time and now we're really gonna gonna go out on the road a lot more now and, and that's really cool and look, just on the theme of musicians, like, can you share with the listener who is a lot of the time going to be a guitarist or a bassist like myself, can you can you tell me what gear you're using these days? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm using a Marshall, still Marshall, <laughs> JCM 2000, nice. three channels, you know, with a master volume uh, and a... Uh, and, uh, channel and uh, I have still my, my own PC Rich guitar from the 80s and PC Rich even yeah. a stoop streamer and I have some gates to, to yeah and um, I have uh, Morley, Wa- Wa- Morley Wa- and, yeah. and, um, and, and, and I use an, an Octava bus yeah yeah and uh, an Octava I use for, for some kind of the, the things to make it more more heavier and yeah. more thicker so that's the basic, and I have used the same, I think, years. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah, I was going to ask you that question about how you ended up there, but if you've been using it for years, it's self-explanatory. But being a bassist, yeah. I, uh, look, I've tried many combinations over the years, and believe me, I reckon it's about 25 years mm. of experience that I've got performing and playing, maybe longer, maybe 30 years of playing Perhaps. and 25 years of performing, that I've arrived at a sound just now. So I'm talking about after almost 30 years of playing that I'm, re- and I'm not even, not even going to say happy with, but reasonably comfortable with. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's that musician's journey yeah. of the eternal quest for tone, isn't it? You know, that, that. and have you found that at times you've gone back to your rig, your Marshall there and your BC Rich guitars and all of the other effects that you mentioned there and... Have you found that you've gone back and said, nope, I'm not quite happy, I want to redo something here, but where do I start? Yeah, but you, you always want to get it better if you can, you know. But I'm, I'm really satisfied with that, that, that combination I have now because I've been using that on records since uh, by inheritance. It was only on, on the album Tarot Squad. <coughs> they had some, some PV amps we used on that but I was never really satisfied with that because I think, uh, especially the lead sound was was not so good as in, on the Marshall. But uh, mm. you know, it's it's a it's an opinion, and if you if you feel feel safe playing what you you have, you, you're not so keen to to try another stuff, of course. But uh, you never know, you know. 
Lad os komme så many good things uh, up. Uh, so you never know if you're going to change someday, but at the moment I'm very satisfied. Okay, gotcha. Well, that's, that's awesome, mate. Yeah, I mean, you've got a great sound, mate. There's no point in changing it at all whatsoever. So mm. so what, don't, <laughs> don't screw with what's working. <laughs> that's for sure, you know. Yeah, the... Yeah. So tell me, yeah, is is Morton? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm reading bloody Wikipedia here. It's stupid. Yeah, sorry, Wikipedia is so dumb, isn't it? My apologies. Yeah. I didn't re- realize that he passed passed away just recently. So my condolences there, mate. Yeah, that's. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's that's was was tough, of course. But he really wanted us to to keep going, you know. Mm. And uh, he, he didn't play with us live since 2016 because he was was not feeling good okay. and um, but he was he was on the last album playing on the face of fear and i'm very happy that he, that he made that you know awesome, before he brother. passed away yeah. so but he really supported us in, in every time and always said to me keep the band going michael keep the band going so so that's also in yeah. his, his spirit you know Oh, that's awesome, mate. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about that. Deaths in families are, uh, especially someone such as your brother. I've lost my father years ago. They're never easy, mate, at the end of the day. But, uh, but mate, it's yeah. uh, it's always the case, mate, when you've got someone there that close to you, like a brother or a father, mate, they're always there in spirit. Yeah. You know? So he, he will be up in us when we're touring, you know, in the mind. So mm. that, that's cool. Mm. Well, I will ask this question because it was a question I had planned. But I mean, the reality is, you were both together as brothers and bandmates for a very long time, close to mm. forty years. You know that. You know, yeah. you're kind of like the metal version of the Gallagher brothers, really. Because to your point, <laughs> you're, you're, he's the only one of your comrades that appeared on every album with you. That still was up to the in the band up to his passing. But did, did mm. how did you survive in a band with your own brother without? wanting to murder each other, you know what I mean? I mean, sibling rivalry style. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's the funny thing, because in, in the start, we was not very, very agreeing on stuff, you know, but on, on, the, on the, especially if, if, if after we reunited, we was very, as you know, similar and very, mm. uh, very, uh, as well, really wanted the same things, you know, and really loved the same kinds of songs and was very, very more easy to work together, you know. Uh, but also because of uh, the other guys in the bands, we have a really good friendship in the bands now. Hmm. You know, it's really like five good guys who, who really love to be with, with, with each other. Hmm. In the early, or the early days, there was not so much friendship in there. There was more like, you know, you're gonna play some music. You know? Sure. So yeah, I, I think this, as we had a very good, a very good, um, uh, we were very agreeing on a lot, lot of things on the on the last albums. Mm. Okay, that's awesome, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, long may he live in spirit, brother. You know, I mean, it's uh, you guys have had a great band together. I mean, that's the thing. You know, I mean, it's. I think it's really. I talk about this a lot in private, and I only say it occasionally on the podcast. But what you're doing is so important to people. I want you to understand this, that what yourself, you know, I said, I said the same thing, I think, to Michael Schenker when I had a chat to him, you know, you can't not do what you're doing because you bring so much joy to people, you know, and your brother's a part mm. of that. You bring so much joy to people and it's as important as food to a lot of people, you know what yeah. I mean? This sort of music, when you're a fan and you're yeah. a diehard, you can't live without it. It's such a, a massive part of your psyche and, mate, you've probably gotten people through really bad moments in their life where they've questioned why the hell they're even here you know and your music has done that and i don't think heavy metal ever gets the credit that it needs to and and you're a big part of that yeah 
I'm very glad to hear that. That's because that's really one of our goals is that for the first to have a really good time and get so many people out there to have a good time too. So that's that's really important for us as a band, you know, mm. because that kind of spirit you get when you play a metal concert. You can tell people outside metal world how important that is. They have to see it, you know. Mm. They never understand it. But it's very important and, and it don't matter if you're playing in Turkey or you're playing in, in Australia, I think, or in in, in South America, or United States or whatever. The missile people is always there and always supporting. And that's it's, really really important. Yeah, you make a really you raise a really important point there because having a podcast series as I do, as I mentioned earlier, I get to see where people are listening from right down to the city. I get that data courtesy of the IP addresses. It doesn't give me the IP addresses, it just gives me what the nearest city is. So wherever the IP addresses are from the exchange or whatever, yeah. but anyway. But I see people all over the world listening to my podcast. So I know for a fact people all over the world listen to heavy metal. And my point here is yeah. that I get listeners in the Middle East, South America, everywhere. What I've noticed, and it's yeah. not just me, Jello Biafra from Dead Kennedys has made this exact point. He said that there's only two styles of music that cross all religious, social, and all of the fundamental barriers that are out there that generally keep people apart in society. And that's, mm, that's yeah, heavy. That's he said death metal, but I say heavy metal and jazz. That's it. Not hip hop. Yeah. Not even classical music does it, but it's heavy metal and jazz. They're the only two mm. things where you can go to a bar in, say, Romania, as you can do into Somalia. And chances yeah. are, if you ask somebody in the know, they're going to point you in the direction of where a heavy metal gig is happening or a jazz show is happening. Is Has that been your experience too? Yeah, I think so. I think, as you say, the, the metal, uh, jazz and, and blues, uh, but I think also because it's really music, you know, it's really people who wanted to play that kind of music. It's not like a rap, for example, but it's more like a, mm. how much money, how evil can I, I get or something like that, you know. Or pop pop music is only counting on how much money can we get here, mm. you know. I think, uh, as I said, metal is from the heart, you know. And mm. pe people, can, people know that, they can hear that. And that's why metal still keeps going you know I, i'm listening to to heavy rock in the start from the, the 1970s you know and up to now and it's always still the same feeling you know people mm. really satisfied really glad really love to go out there and and headbang you know and they're still the same mm. yeah i agreed yeah i i did people complain i think that I think it's true from a mainstream perspective and 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 eddie trunk is exactly right when he says that the Grammys and the mainstream don't give a shit about rock music and, and, and by association, I guess he means heavy metal as well. And he's right, because when you see Beyonce yeah. getting a Grammy for the best live rock performance, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's taking the place yeah. of a genuine rock band. And there's this carry-on that rock music and heavy metal are white people's music in the United States. And it's bullshit, man. I mean, some of the best rock bands, Jimi Hendrix, King's X, they've had people who aren't white in them. Or Jimi Hendrix, of course, isn't white. But yeah. you know my point, don't you? You understand the point that I'm making. Yeah. And to me, they're disrespecting the genre and they're disrespecting the fans when they do stupid stuff yeah. like that. And uh, there's nothing we can really do about it. But my overall point is I don't think heavy metal's ever been more popular than it is right now. And, I mean, you're a musician through the 90s. I lived through the 90s as a teenager and as a young adult. And I saw firsthand that nobody gave a shit back then about heavy metal after the grunge thing exploded. And it was a very tough time to be a heavy metal band. There was, you know, yeah. you, you really couldn't make a living from it. You go, you're right. No, it was really a tough time. But uh, as I said, 
uh, the metal scene still survived. Uh, mm. But it had, had really tough time at that point because at that time the metal was only death metal or grunge. There was uh, nearly nothing else yeah, that's, at, at that time. Yeah. But, but, but people people learned that and, and they really missed, I think, that kind of way, you know, the happiness and, and the sharing the headbang of being out to play, you know, and mm. that, that came back. And that, I'm very glad for the, because of that. Yeah, it's it's it was really important, and, and as I say, I remember you know the '90s. So of course, I remember the early 2000s, and I remember when it started to seep back in. You know, you guys released back, and then other bands like Creator and stuff sort of went back to playing proper thrash metal. You know, when they were sort of experimenting mm. with alternative styles. And I remember, yeah. I remember, and I think you, I think I agree with you about what you said about the '90s, by the way. And it sort of mirrors my own taste, which ironically, a lot of the time, certainly when I started, that was grunge or death metal, because that was what was prominent at the time. Yeah. Like you either listen to Alice in Chains and Cannibal Corpse, or you mm, really had to dig into, you know, two dollar bins to find um, some bands and like Annihilator and stuff. You know what I mean? That's how I found those bands. Just yeah. looking at the album covers in the nineties, like in the early nineties, and they were like they were seriously like two to five bucks. Like you couldn't buy a CD that cheaply if you tried back then. You, but the second hand stuff mm. they were appearing in there, and that's how I got into Creator, Annihilator, a Sodom. Yeah. Um, destruction, you know, I just took a punt and didn't even know that the bands were that popular, just looked at the album cover and just went, yeah, that looks like a heavy metal album and, <laughs> you know, and I remember yeah. getting into Maiden that way too, um, that was another way I got into Maiden, got into Somewhere in Time or whatever it was that I got first, I can't remember now, but yeah, I mean, it's it's such an important thing so so I'll, I'll make this my final question, mate um, with your artwork, has there been a strategy with that as well, because you've got some pretty killer artwork yeah, you know, <clears throat> we only have one album who was, was really disrespecting you, Ella. People didn't really like, you know, this was the Tarot Squad album. Mm. But that, that was only, only made for, for a, a cliche, a, you know, a sketch at that time. And and, um, and the record company took it over. Yeah. But I think with the latest album, I really love them because, and the latest one, I think, is one of the best because he's it's, it's had it all, you know, the mysterious and, and, the, and really good uh, counting and stuff like that and it's really show the the face of fear in in some some way you know i'm really really like that and uh, i'm glad you you like the covers yeah i, I think I, my favorite is probably my blood and i think it's probably a lot of people's favorite because it's such a visual image isn't it really you know uh, to yeah. me that says a lot about <laughs> civilization and humanity but I, I love your logo too mate your logo was unmistakable it just uh have you had many fans with tattoos the artillery logo tattooed I've seen some, yeah, but I don't know if it's many, but I've seen, uh, I think, four or five who had it. One, one had all the, the back attitude, uh, so in a, a Brazilian guy, wow. so yeah, that, that was cool. South Americans are so cool, aren't they? They just get into it so <laughs> full on. Like, uh, one of my favorite interviews that I've done so far would have to be with uh, Bill Hudson. You know, he's Brazilian, but he's a United States citizen these days. And uh, David Vincent's yeah. I Am Morbid and a few other things that he's in. But, yeah, man, one of my best friends is Brazilian, actually. And uh, South Americans, man, they just go in whole hog, don't they? You know, they're just all about the emotion yeah. and the passion. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the South Americans are totally crazy. They, they are, are so much into the to the scene and the missile as you, as you, you're really surprised first time you play there because they, they, they never stop. They, they, they're marching around all the time. <laughs> the cool people. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking really forward to see the Australian guys. I heard some good rumors. So 
I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, there, there won't be, you know, there are probably 200 of us or so on the crowd. You know how it is when there's not massive amounts, 150 to 200 men, but it's you'll be appreciated, brother, let me assure you. You know, there's a lot of people that are very, very grateful for the fact that, you know, um, the promoter and, and yourself have come to an agreement and you are coming down here, man, because you're an important band and I want you to know that. Thank you very much. And we're looking really forward to come, so... That's a good combination. I hope you got the time to drink a beer with us, some of the places. I want to. Believe me, it's so tough these days. I've got two kids, as I have uh, a five- and four-year-old, and uh, you've probably got kids yourself, mm. so you know what it's like. Uh, but uh, I, w- I will be going to the shows, yeah, no doubt about that, brother. So if we can hook up and have a stein beforehand, man, I'd really appreciate it, or afterwards even. <laughs> That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah. Let's see, let's see that. Write to me, and we can arrange something. Sweet, man. No worries. All right. Well, look, good luck with everything. Congratulations on an outstanding career. It's been a, a real privilege to talk to you, mate, by the way. But mind you guys for a long time, man. So keep on doing what you're doing, brother. Thank you very much. See you and have a great time. You too, mate. No worries. Talk to you. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. And my name, of course, is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was Michael Stutzer from the Danish thrash outfit Artillery. Thanks for listening.